Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. In a day when so many in our world consider the blood of Jesus to be offensive, you and I who are saved realize that without the blood of Jesus Christ, there is no salvation. This sermon preached by Richard Grimion in 1987 at the God's Bible School and College Winter Revival is titled, The Blood of Jesus Christ. I know you're going to enjoy this excellent sermon. God. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to the Gospel of St. John and the sixth chapter, John chapter six. That's good. Say it a little louder. Amens are in order. Praise the Lord's are in order. Hallelujahs are in order. Amen. In the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, beginning in verse 53, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. And I believe it. Amen. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore, verse 60, listen, many therefore of his disciples said, this is an hard, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said, doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. 
Hallelujah. But I'll read a little further. There are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew that from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. I don't ever intend to join that crowd. And Jesus said unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Heavenly Father, we look to thee this morning. We know that you are here to help us. And we do not want to rush into this. We want to wait before God that you would come and quicken believers and those who have ears to hear that they would hear what the Spirit would have to say. We pray for that sweet, precious anointing from on high that thou dost give to thy servants. We are not worthy. We cannot merit it. But, O oh Lord, by faith we come to thee just now. And we ask that somehow, should we find favor in thy sight, that thou would intervene and touch us and enable us that the word might go forth and thy children would be edified and needy hearts would be searched and brought unto thee. Oh, that this very hour the name of Jesus would be exalted. That's the longing of our heart. Hide us, O oh Lord, and may thy name be exalted and lifted up and we will praise thee for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise his name. I want to use for a text that great 63rd verse. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And I want to talk to you with the help of the Lord and you listening and pulling and praying. I want to talk to you about the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I love that old hymn, There is Power in the Blood. Would you be free from your burden and sin? There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Don't you love that? Oh, that's the anthem of God's people. There's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. We have a message to tell. We have that which will still meet the challenge of the 1980s with all the high-tech, with all the electronic amazing inventions of today. We still have the answer. We still have the message that meets the challenge of this complex age. It's wrapped up in the wonderful, precious blood of our Lord and Savior. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to take a lot of time in introduction. I just want to start off with the first point and tell you that it is a sacred blood. Glory to God. It is sacred blood. It's sacred because he is born of a virgin. And it was necessary for him to have this kind of blood, the blood that he had in him, that he have sacred blood. Jesus was virgin born. 
Now, the blood is determined by the father and not by the mother. An unborn baby may have a totally different type of blood than that of its mother. And there is no interchange of blood between the baby and uh, between that baby and its mother's womb and the mother, uh, uh, and the mother as is commonly thought. The blood is entirely separate and it is determined by the father. Now the blood may have a different, the child may have a different blood type from the father or he may have the same. But the point is that the father determines the blood and the blood that flowed through the veins of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was contributed by God Almighty. The blood of my Lord and Savior was divine blood. It was sacred blood. It was the blood of God. And those of you that are awake right now, I hear some theologians thinking, oh boy, this is a good message to preach here in this place. He said, wait a minute, preacher. The scripture says God the spirit and the spirit don't have blood. And I want to tell you something right now. I want to tell you this morning. He did when Jesus was here on earth. Hey, you gotta get, you're not going to get by with that few little amen. Come on. I said God had this blood when Jesus was here on earth. Amen. Oh, yes. In the 20th chapter of the book of Acts, in the 28th verse, we find that the church of God was purchased with his own blood. Amen. Well, take it as it may. I'm glad this morning to tell you that it is a sacred blood. And not only is it a sacred blood, but it is saving blood. Hallelujah. If that blood had not been sacred blood, it could have saved no one. And because Jesus had to be innocent in order to die for our sins. The Bible is clear. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. And it's capital punishment that our sins deserve. Jesus took our sins upon himself and became an innocent substitute and suffered the death that we should have suffered. He died for us, but had he not been sinless, he could not have died for me but for himself alone. He could have only paid the sin penalty for himself. He could have never paid for mine had he not been innocent. But the Bible says, him who knew no sin, God hath made him to be sin for us. And Jesus took our sins and there as an innocent sacrifice, he paid for our sins. You see, without the virgin birth, you couldn't be saved. It's a sacred blood. It's a saving blood. See, he came as he did, virgin born, to be what he was, sinless. To, he was what he was, sinless, to do what he did, to be our substitute. He was what he was and did what he did and became what he did that he might have our sins forgiven and we might be saved and cleansed from all sin. Amen. Glory be to God. If God were to, listen, God has never overlooked sin. Sin is always paid for. And if God would overlook sin, God would no longer be holy. God has sworn by his holiness that sin must be punished. Now they say in a courtroom, when a guilty man is acquitted, the judge is condemned. That is, if a judge knowingly, willingly, deliberately allows a criminal to go free, the judge himself becomes a criminal. 
And if God were to allow sin to go unpunished, God himself would topple from his throne of holiness and God would become a sinner. But I'm glad God cannot do that. That's something God cannot do. And he cannot topple from his throne and become a sinner. Glory be to God. Oh, thank God. So God doesn't overlook sin. He pays for sin with a sinless sacrifice, the blood of his own son. Hallelujah. And hence the Bible tells of the pardon for sin that is in the blood of Jesus Christ. I love that song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And all the Protestant faiths this morning, they acclaim this. They know this. We know that it's sacred blood, and we know that it's saving blood. But the third and final point that I want to leave with you this morning is one that uh, we've not touched on too many times, nor heard preached too much. And uh, within it is the secret of failure amongst so many. Not only is it a sacred blood, and not only is it a saving blood, but thank God it is shared blood. So many of the Christian faith have not understood the secret of this of his shared blood. Jesus said something that day, the day here in this scripture, the sixth chapter of John. He said something to them that scandalized them. I mean, I found out in preaching that you can get along certain lines and you can preach in certain areas and the tilt signal goes on in a lot of people's brain. And the upright get uptight. And Mon Bell's through the medium of Mon Bell, did you hear what he preached? And they begin to say, he's too pointed. And they begin to get bent out of shape. And a preacher can get right down. I'm not talking about preaching your notions. I'm not talking about preaching a bunch of silly ideas that you've come up with. And I'm not talking about just majoring in what you don't like. Incidentally, that's the just about the sum total of a lot of guys ministry I don't believe it's Jesus called me to preach all the things I don't like he called me to preach his word but people get offended but hey I don't need to hang my head and feel sorry for me when the greatest preacher that ever walked among men the Lord Jesus Christ bang he stands up and he speaks and they get hot out of the collar They're scandalized. They are offended. I hope none of us here would ever become offended at something Jesus would have to say. Amen. They were so offended. Listen, they were ready to check out. And Jesus said, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And it was so as young people say today, so gross to them. And it was so cross-grained to them and so contrary to them that many that day turned their backs on the Lord Jesus Christ and walked off. It got so bad until Jesus turned to the 12. You gonna go to? You gonna go? 
<laughs> oh, it was a sad hour, it seemed. Will you also go away? Before we cast total judgment on those who left, I'd like for you to follow with me, at least write down the, the uh, scripture references. But I want you to turn back in the Old Testament with me. There's a reason why they thought this was gross. There's a reason why they walked out. There's a reason why they turned their back on Jesus. In Genesis chapter 9 and verse 4, but flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat. And then over in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 3 it is. In Leviticus chapter 3 and verse 17, it shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout all your dwellings that ye eat neither fat nor blood. And then on over in Leviticus chapter 7, Leviticus 7 and verses 26 and 27, moreover, ye shall eat no manner of blood, whether it be of fowl or of beast, in any of your dwellings. Whatsoever soul it be that eateth any manner of blood, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. And then in Leviticus 17 and 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Then we'll go all the way over to the New Testament and we'll see something else. That he, Another reason why in the 15th chapter of the book of Acts, listen to these words. Acts chapter 15, verses 28 and verse 29. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things that ye abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication from which if ye keep yourselves ye shall do well fare ye well now there it is in the Old Testament and the New Testament all their lives the Jews had heard eat no blood eat no blood and Jesus stands up and he says, ye are to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now you can see why they were offended. And you can see why they turned their backs on him and walked off and left him. But Jesus didn't leave the matter there. You turn back to the golden text in the sixth chapter of John, the 63rd verse, and he said the words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. And he says, I'm talking to you about something that deals with your very life. The shed blood deals with the penalty of sin. And the shared blood deals with the power of sin. And when we share his blood, when his blood is a part of us, then we have power over sin. Thank God. Really, there's no more potent message than to spiritually understand what Jesus meant in this great sixth chapter of the Gospel of John. But let's go a little further as we talk about this wonderful shared blood of our Lord and Savior. First of all, I want to look at the commodities in the blood. Remember, according to scripture, there is life in the blood. And Jesus is saying, my life, 
must be in you. That's really what being saved is. It's more than joining a church. It's more than signing a membership card. It's more than being baptized. It's more than tending your own business and being a good church member. No, it's the life of Jesus Christ in you, in me. Now for those of you that are still awake, let's use our imaginations. You all's got a real good one. I've got a pretty good one at times. I want us to imagine something. I want us to imagine this gigantic pipeline. I'm not going to bore you. And if you'll follow with me, there might be a, another place to say amen. I want you to imagine with me a gigantic pipeline so big that it flows all over the world. So big that it passes by every house, every neighborhood, every tent, every palace, every hut, wherever there is people all over the world of all the four billion plus people, everyone has this pipeline coming right by where they live. Now, as we imagine this pipeline, let's try to also imagine that in this pipeline, there's some little boats. And in these little boats, uh, they, they, they float in this pipeline and everything that a person could possibly need to survive is found in these little boats. There's food and fruit and vegetables and medicine and clothes. And if you miss one, another's coming by. If you miss that one, don't sweat it. There's another that'll come by. And they just come, keep on coming in this amazing pipeline right by your house. And everything you need, just reach out. It's right there. If you miss that one, look down the road. Here comes another one. And there'll be whatever you need in there. Just keep on. And you just reach out and pick it up. And it's there for the taking. And if you can imagine that, then you can imagine with me this morning what is happening inside of your body because there is a pipeline that flows through every cell in your body. And not to 4 billion plus people on earth, but to 100 trillion cells in your body. And in that pipeline is everything that those cells need for life and for survival. All of the commodities that those cells need, they, they come by. And what uh, in the boats called red, red blood cells. And they just come floating by everything the cells need. Oxygen is there. Amino acids, they're there. Nitrogen, it's there. Sodium, it's there. Potassium, it's there. Calcium, it's there. Magnesium, sugar, hormones, they're there. In our bodies, there are some 60,000 miles of blood vessels. Some so minute, you need a microscope to delineate the difference in what they are. Now, you can live about two days without water. And you can go several weeks, whether you believe it or not, you can go several weeks without food. But you can only go <clears throat> a few minutes without oxygen. That oxygen that is carried to you by the bloodstream, those little red cells bring to you life. And the Bible states this single one great medical fact about all of us, the life is in the blood. Back before the day of modern medicine and microbiology, the Bible stated this fact, the life of the flesh 
is in the blood. Now, this is a physical fact, but there is a corresponding fact. Just as every cell in my body is at the mercy of my blood, every cell in the body of Jesus Christ is at the mercy of his blood. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, we live at the mercy of the shared blood of Jesus Christ. And all that we need is supplied by the atoning death and the saving life of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are reconciled by his death. That's his shed blood. We are saved by his life. That's his shared blood. And we are saved by his life, his shared blood. And all that we need is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now you can't chew gum and addle off and look out these windows and follow with me this morning. And you're going to get bored and go to dinner and wonder what's going on. And you can't yawn and look all around and play with the babies and look down at your feet or roll your eyes over your companion. You're going to have to listen. And I want to tell you, it needs, it's worth of your attention. I'm not talking about some little bunch of humbug down in downtown Cincinnati. I'm talking about the greatest thing to every child of God that's ever happened. It's the wonderful blood of Jesus Christ. And you just ask the Lord to help you right now. And deliver you from your inattention and you'll see God helping you. Amen? Come on. We're not talking about some bunch of politics out of D.C. No, no. We're talking about the wonderful blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're saved by his blood. That is his shared blood. And all that we need is in Jesus Christ. And we can appropriate through the shared blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad there are commodities in the blood for all I'll ever need, for all I'll ever want, for every storm and every conflict. There are commodities in the shared blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's not only commodities in the blood of Jesus, but there's cleansing in the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And 1 John 1, 7 said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, does what? It cleanses us from all sin. That's the power of the blood. A blood not only supplying everything I need, but cleansing me from the pollution of my own sin. He doesn't mean it in a sense of a detergent, but the chemical properties of the blood to cleanse in your body. There are certain wastes that have to be carried away. Now, it's interesting to note that those same little boats that have all the goods on them, they also have garbage cans on them. And through the liver and through the kidneys, and there is a constant cleansing process going on inside your bloodstream. One of our ministers died recently. He had kidney failure, he had uh, liver failure, what have you, and he had to go to the hospital three times a week. $300 a shot, $900 every week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to have his blood cleansed. Put it through the washing machine, the dialysis machine. Because the natural way was not working. Right while you're sitting here, right while you hear this, right while you go to a meal, all day long, constantly, without even a thought, automatically, there's a cleansing going on in your bloodstream. And listen, hallelujah, the same blood that has the commodity has the cleansing. <laughs> and you're constantly being cleansed, hear me this morning, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I just got enough kid in me and just enough boy left in me that I like that little course that you taught us when I was a boy. I'm going to stay right under the blood. Hallelujah! That's right where I plan to stay. Right under the blood. Glory to God. You're not going to catch me getting way out on a limb doing my thing. No, no. I'm going to stay right under the blood. Why? There's cleansing. Constant, perfect cleansing. 
cleansing in the blood. Now here's an experiment. We dismissed this morning. There may be a nurse in the crowd. There may be some person here that has a little blood pressure kit. You want to try it, go to your place, get that blood pressure kit, put the cuff around your arm, and pump that thing up to about 200. And when you've done that, just leave it there. What you've done is effectively cut off the blood flow to your arm and your hand. And uh, you won't feel any immediate discomfort. But uh, get a little rubber ball and start squeezing that ball. Or get a pair of scissors and try to use them. Start to cut. Do some exercise with your hand. And at first, you're going to feel some weakness. And then suddenly, with excruciating pain, so severe, until you're going to cry out. And you cannot voluntarily continue to do what you're doing. Whether you're working the scissors or squeezing the rubber ball, you can't continue to do it voluntarily. What's happened? The blood's not been able to cleanse. The flow of the blood's been cut off. And the blood will no longer cleanse that arm. And that garbage is left in that arm. And it causes you pain. Now release the pressure. Take that off. Push the little button. Let the air out. Take that cuff off. And... Uh, the blood will begin to flow and that tingling sensation will begin to come and that strength will come and the pain will go and you'll feel relieved and release. And what you've just experienced is the ability of the blood to cleanse itself. The cleansing of the blood as those poisons and waste have carried away, been carried away that have caused so much pain. And herein is a wonderful illustration of what the blood of Jesus Christ does for you. My friends, without the flow of the blood of Jesus in our lives, oh, hear me, there is anger and resentment and hostility and sin and suffering are inseparably linked. It's the flowing blood, not just the shed blood, but the shared blood that continues to cleanse us from all sin. And I want to say right now that we do not teach and we do not preach. And there is this side of eternity. There is no state. There is no plateau of grace that you can reach that gets you to the place that you don't need the covering of the blood. You never get so holy. You never get so righteous. But what there is a demand for the cleansing, the covering of the precious, sacred, saving, cleansing, shared blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. Oh, we ever need the safety of the blood. And listen, the blood that brings the good things. I love this. The blood that brings the good thing is the blood that carries away the bad things. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, praise God. Some people don't want to be a Christian because they're afraid they're going to have to give up something. You know what the blood carries away, don't you? Garbage. Trash, pain. Listen to this scripture. The Lord thy God is a sun and a shield. And no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Hallelujah. Oh, what God wants to do to us, to all of us, is to cleanse you, to empower you, and to supply you with those things that will make you spiritually healthy, that will make you spiritually strong. Friends, God never 
many of you to give up anything that's good. And when you give up the bad, he's right there to give you something good in his place. Hallelujah. I lost the world and the world lost me. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I didn't lose anything. Brother, everything you give up, he's got more right there to give you. Glory be to God. Oh, praise his name. Oh, praise God. And the reason he can do that is because the same boat that has the good things carries away the garbage. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. Oh, we see the commodity in the blood and the cleansing in the blood. But last and not least is the conquest in the blood. Hallelujah. Now you see this morning, your blood is constantly fighting a battle. It's ever being invaded constantly. Some of you today may have the very working of the cancer cells in your bloodstream right today, and it may be 10 years from now before it shows up. My daughter's in nursing, and they tell her, she learned last year, that long before it's the first pain, long before the first disorder, it's been working long, long before. They don't know when it starts. Now, we may think that the enemy to humanity is terrible calamities and earthquakes and tornadoes and volcanoes and hailstorms and and uh, violence and wars. These are the enemies, all right, but they're not big enemies. The big enemies are the enemies of our bodies called microbes, bacteria, virus that come in and invade our bloodstream, invade your body. In World War II or World War I, eight and one half million people died because of that war. But one year after the armistice was signed, 25 million people died of the great flu epidemic. In 1348, approximately, there was a plague that came to Europe and it spread until one-third of all the people in Europe died because of these invaders. I will go on there incidentally just in the last two or three weeks in the U.S. News and World Report a lot of these very statistics they're there and they are scared to death of the newest plague that's hitting America I'm not really scared I I'm, I'm find myself rejoicing that God's still God and he's letting the sinful man know who's, it, who's the boss and I, I can't feel too sorry in a sense I feel sorry for sinners for the sin but I'm so glad God that just letting me know God really is in control I believe it in the word, but I like to see it every now and then, you know. <laughs> By faith, I take him at his word, but I do like to see him show up every once in a while. They say by, the, by 1990, one million people in America will be afflicted by the horrible plague of age. It has the potential to wipe out all of America. That's worse than all the bombs they can think of. Now, instead of focusing on Star Wars and bombs, the people in Atlanta, Georgia, at the National Disease Center, they are scared to death that they are working night and day scared of this awful virus that's invading humanity in America and around the world. But let's forget about that. There is in the body a defense mechanism 
When these invaders come, the blood declares war right away. Thank God for healthy blood. <laughs> Amen. And uh, not the red carpuscles, but the white carpuscles. And there are five different kinds of white carpuscles. And when an invader comes in, they just go right to that invader, and they begin to destroy that invader. Now, some white cells only live for maybe 10 hours. Some of them live for 60 to 80 years. And these that live that long have memory in them. And when the invader comes in, they get the right kind of soldier to help them. And they whip the invader. And if there's not enough, they can get some more. And in a short time, they can increase to 10 times their normal amount to fight the invader. Pretty good, isn't it? And if the doctor examines your blood and he sees an unusual amount of white corpuscles, he says you've got infection. He knows something wrong. And sometimes a new disease attacks. And there's no chemical memory that knows it. But your body will go to work and try to defeat the enemy. And some diseases get such a head start on the body until by the time it's the body gets its defense mechanism going, the body has been overcome and it dies. I think of a good friend of mine in Alabama today who slowly now, he's being spoon-fed and treated like a baby who's come down with Lou Gehrig's disease. And uh, it's a sad thing to see a wonderful godly man just broke down until he looks at you and all the muscles in his body have just become flabby and no use and his body is going down and he's going and will soon be gone. It's a sad thing. Some men discovered, not even a doctor, pasteur, that you can immunize a body. And when a person has overcome a disease... The blood is called wise blood. And you can put the wisdom of that blood, that code, into the, somebody else's body. And science has discovered about blood what God knew all the time. Hear me this morning. The capacity of one person's blood to help protect another person with wise blood. And I'm glad to tell you of the authority of God's holy word that the blood of my Lord and Savior is wise blood. Glory be to God. Hallelujah to heaven's king. Jesus took sin unto himself. And he who knew no sin became sin for us. Oh, glory to God. And he took this sin and he overcame sin. And he was victorious over sin. And now because I have his blood in me, I have in me the spiritual antibody that can overcome anything that he overcame. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You ought to be standing on your feet and clapping and shouting glory to God for the Lord Jesus for the precious blood that was shed on Calvary. Brother, not one blood, not one drop was spilt. Not one drop was, uh, one drop was wasted, but he shed it and he shed it for a loss and a dying race that was fatally diseased, that was terribly ill, terrible shape, and his blood. He took that sin, he who knew no sin. He became the spiritual antibody. I can have his blood to flow in my life. Glory to God. There's cleansing, there's commodities, and there's conquest in the blood. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So I fear not the future, and I'll dread not the fall. I'm safe in his keeping wherever I go. Hallelujah. Under the blood. I can't feel depressed over this. 
I can't feel down in the mouth over this. But I want to shout. You said, oh, I'm not a shouter. It's just about make a shouter out of you. You turn your brain over. Quit idling and thinking about some bunch of dumb amusement you got excited over. And you start getting excited over the blood of Jesus. You just might shout. Yeah, you just might. Well, if you could get it tickled over some little funny thing a grandkid could do, you ought to get blessed over what the blood of Jesus can do. And you ought to get so blessed you could sound off about it instead of just looking like some mannequin in a store window. Blessed be God, you ought to be able to give vent to something once in a while of what God can do for you. Hallelujah. Brother, the old, old story is still fresh to me. It still blesses my soul this morning. I have in me the spiritual antibody that can now overcome anything that Jesus overcame. Glory to the Lamb. And he said in the 16, in John 16, and verse 33, Jesus said this, and I love it. I have overcome the world. Whew. Brother, what do I need about worry about the wickedness of the world and the awful power of sin and the increase of iniquity. Why do I need to worry about that? My Jesus, my Jesus that shed his blood, he said, I have overcome the world and I've shared in his blood and his blood is flowing today. If Jesus has overcome the world, who is a little two by four preacher like me by the name of Richard Bimion, I can overcome the world no matter what I face. Glory! I can overcome the world. I don't have to dabble and play around. I don't have to look and, and tease and play around with the things of the world. I like the King Jesus. He overcame. I overcome the world. Not by a rule book, not by a code book, not by what they said I can't do and don't do and won't do. Not all. I looked to him. He overcame. And so I can overcome. Hallelujah. There's conquest in the blood of Jesus. Well, glory to God. And to all that know him, to all that know him this morning, Revelations declares in verse 12 and 11, chapter 12 and 11, they overcame him. How? <laughs> by the word of their testimony, by the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now John got to look all the way over. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Are you in the Spirit on the Lord's day? And he looked all the way over and he said, I overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony. That's the way I'm going to overcome. In 1987, I don't know how wicked and how bad it'll be, but I don't, I don't worry. Hallelujah, I don't fret. There's power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus, in the blood of the Lamb. There's power, power, power. Oh, glory. You say you're all worked up. You better believe I am. I tell you, if there's anything, this preacher's going to get excited. I'm going to get excited about the blood of the Lamb. I'm not going to get excited about church politics and about a bunch of humbug you worried over. I want to be excited over the blood of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Oh, praise God. You see, he, he overcame by his blood. And now here little old me comes along, finding my way in a wicked world so I can overcome by his blood. He overcame by his blood. We overcome by his blood. We have in us those spiritual antibodies that can overcome the spiritual antigen of the devil. Hallelujah. There's not a virus.
curse ever come out of hell. There's not a trick that Satan could ever play. There's not a, any kind of thing that he can shape and pull that'll do you in. There's safety in the blood today. It's a sacred blood. It's a shared blood. Oh, there's victory over sin today. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What's the blood? What is in the blood of Jesus? Listen, you have needs. Thank God there's commodities in the blood. Every need you'd ever wanted, everything, there's commodities. You have sins this morning, there's cleansing in the blood. Glory be to God. You've got an enemy. You said, preacher, the devil's about to wipe me out. Oh, the devil himself will attack and attempt to destroy, but you can overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus did, and his shared blood is in you today. And if it's not in you, you can receive him today. You can have him if you want him. Glory be to God. You can have him. You can have him if you want him. Why don't you quit playing church? Why don't you quit fooling around and saying, I've tried so many times. Humbug, you quit. you've been focusing on a bunch of rules. You've been focusing on law. You've been focusing on people. Why don't you focus on the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ? Come on. Amen. Oh, yes. Well, oh, praise God. How is it applied? How do I get a transfusion? Let's look once more. Verse 63. It's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. What is blood? Blood is life. What are the words? They are life. What is Jesus Christ saying? Now you listen good. You woke up good. Don't miss it. What is he saying, preacher? Don't say it. Don't miss it. Jesus is saying, this book is to your spirit what blood is to your body. This book is to your spirit what blood is to your body. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You want the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to be in you? You want to eat his flesh and drink his blood? You cannot separate the Lord of the word from the word of the Lord. They are spirit and they are life. I ask you this morning, has somebody hurt you? And you are resentful and bitter and you don't advertise it, but just between you and your man, you've got a little something going down inside. I want to tell you the reason you've got it going. And the reason why is because the word of his forgiveness is not flowing in you. Is there fear and is there doubt this morning? It's because the word of faith is not flowing to you. Are prayers going unanswered and seemingly there's a brick wall? It's because the word of God is not alive and flowing in your bloodstream. It's not flowing in your soul, that is. Oh, hear me this morning. How is it going to flow? It's going to flow through the word of God. Hallelujah. The shed blood for forgiveness. The shared blood is for power. There's commodity. There's cleansing. There's conquest. In the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what I want us to do. I want us to stand. I want us to sing like you've never sung it before. Don't you dare look off. Don't walk out. Don't rattle the keys. You join. You get a book. You sing it by memory. But everybody that's got any kind of a voice left, let's sing there's power. Wonder working power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com.
This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA. Amen.